As you know, it's important to me that the supplements I recommend and use are of the highest quality. That's why I stock the Protocol for Life Balance product line at my online dispensary, drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. Protocol for Life Balance offers a wide range of professional grade products using ingredients backed by strong scientific research, including a new extra strength version of astaxanthin for immune, brain, and vision health. Astaxanthin 12 milligram extra strength. It's a naturally occurring carotenoid that plays an important role in cellular protection and healthy immune system responses. Astaxanthin has also been shown in clinical studies to promote normal cognitive function and may help to maintain a positive mood. In the eye, it helps to neutralize free radicals and manage eye strain due to computer usage. Astaxanthin 12 milligram extra strength is available at drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance for more information and to order. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's our weekly opportunity to field your questions. And I just want to mention that uh, we've got a campaign going on because of the pervasive contamination of our world with PFAS chemicals, otherwise known as forever chemicals. They're a group of 12,000 chemicals that don't break down very easily. And they stick around in the soil and the water and even in the air and stay in our bodies and research has found that they're very pervasive in the tissues of most humans on planet earth yeah and the fda has reassured us that from their testing they say the vast majority of our food is safe from pfas but we did some testing as citizen scientists at uh, the alliance for natural health and our independent testing directly contradicts the fda's findings huh we found it in kale both organic and conventional, yeah, and that's not good news. So we urgently need to create a groundswell of grassroots support. That's the way we get things done for a ban on PFAS chemicals, as is contemplated mm-hmm. in Europe. We're lagging behind the rest of the world. So join me in filling out the forms at banpfas.org to send messages to Congress, the EPA, and the FDA, urging them to get with the program and protect the public and ban PFAS for good. Yes. That's banpfas.org and oh by the way I'm the president of the Alliance for Natural Health Mm -hmm. which you can find at anh-usa.org it's a great citizens group that um, tends to safeguard access to supplements and to a safe and clean environment yeah so with that announcement out of the way let's tackle questions this comes from Joan dear Dr. Hoffman I hope you could shed light on the following my serum B6 is elevated even when I'm only taking a small amount, like four milligrams. So hang on. I wish I had a buck for every patient who comes to me and says, my doctor told me to stop taking B6 because they tested my B6 on a conventional blood test mm-hmm. and it was high. Virtually anyone who's taking even a multi that is beyond like a centrum, you know, like a rich multi yeah. or a B complex or a B6 supplement is going to have a high B12 by that test. It does not mean that you are toxic with B12. Now, you can become toxic. B6. I said, I I mean, Mm -hmm. I misspoke. B6. Mm I know it. Yep. I just misspoke. So, B6, there is a toxicity associated with it, which is a uh, problem with uh, 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 balance, Mm -hmm. and it's a neurotoxicity that occurs with really high B6. 
Mm -hmm. uh, usually more than 500 milligrams per day of B6, usually yeah. taken in isolation. Mm -hmm. I mean, B6 <laughs> can be given under supervision at higher doses for certain purposes, but... Uh, I took a high doses of B6, about 500 milligrams a day. For what, for a small PMS? Period of time. No, for labyrinthitis. Oh, okay. This was back in the 1990s. Oh, okay. And it took care of it. Interesting. Well, it could yeah. have been, you know... Coincidence, it's self-limited, yeah. but B6, I think... B6 has, is great for water retention, speaking of it PMS. Is, it is a bit of a diuretic. Yeah. It is a bit of a diuretic, yeah. yes, yes. Um, well, anyway, so mm -hmm. um, now keep going, because they're talking about a test, yes, called an yes. organics test. However, I did a urine organic test, and it showed that I have a high need for B6. Yeah, well, let's see. That test is uh, looks at... It's a functional test for B6, so let's yeah. explain the difference. There's blood levels of certain things, right? Yes. And then there are, um, what gets th into and the then cells. there are functional tests, yeah. which shows how much do you need to get the job done. Yeah. So let me give you an example. Uh, somebody's got a job uh, making sixty thousand dollars a year, and uh, they live in Kansas City, Missouri. I'm picking a part of the United States where I think. Uh, you know, think uh, expenses are relatively less than they are in New York City. Yeah. And so they may get an apartment. They may be, you know, spending like, you know, fifteen, eighteen hundred dollars a month for an apartment to live. Mm -hmm. And they're making, they're pulling down $60,000. It's usually like, you know, like a starter job for a younger person. You know, $60,000 could go a long way in Kansas City, Mo. But in Manhattan, somebody is offered a job, $60,000 a year. Yeah. Uh, it ain't gonna cut it. Mm -hmm. So that is so they the need a roommate. so so the the <laughs> blood level mm -hmm. of B six <laughs> might be adequate yeah. or high relative to a standard, which is not you know an absolute standard. Yeah. But functionally, that B six isn't getting the job done to the body. That's what these functional tests attempt yes. to do. Now, the problem with these functional tests is they are. I think a little unreliable. Mm. So I use the organics test sometimes, but I don't take it literally. Yeah. I I think the problem with those tests is a lot of people use those tests like the gospel. They say, "Oh my god, that's test the, the it's so complicated they give you an interpretation. They yeah. tell you what it means." And I think to use a test like that, you have to be a little bit you have to have some familiarity with uh, organic chemistry mm -hmm. to understand it. And I'm not claiming I'm the world's expert in organic chemistry, but at least I can look under the hood in that test and I yeah. can say, oh, well, they say you need B6, but I'm looking and it doesn't really, that doesn't impress me. Okay. Uh, but it may be that there's a real dramatic need for B6 there. And, and so you can take the B6 and it's going to be high on the conventional blood test, but it's doing something in your body. Don't worry about it. What? I, mm -hmm. So I'll repeat. Personally, anyone who takes... Any significant amount of B6 is going to have what seems to be too high B6. And then doctors, knowing that there is a rare but real potential for B6 toxicity, think that is bad. Yeah. But that's like a paint-by-numbers approach. That's true. And the B-complex vitamins are water-soluble. It's not like taking yeah. high amounts of vitamin A, Yeah, which for example, accumulates. which can accumulate yeah. and be toxic. Yeah. Yeah. So B6, and I understand the deficiency, it kind of resembles the toxicity of it, some pain, tingling, neuropathy yes, kind yeah. of things that can happen with not enough B6. And that was discovered at my medical school while I was in medical school by, I think, a Dr. Mm -hmm. Schaumburg, 
uh, who was a neurologist at Albert Einstein College of Medicine. And he pointed that out because there was a vogue in the 1980s when I was in medical school to use B6 for PMS. Mm-hmm. But So they used very high doses of B6 for PMS. Mm-hmm. And then some women had these weird symptoms. And he got a small case series, maybe like a dozen women who had problems. Mm-hmm. And he wrote it up. And all of a sudden, it became like um, like a like a strict prohibition against mm-hmm. high-dose B6, mm-hmm. which is unjustified, I think, because B6 yeah. has a lot of utility for certain things. It does. It's great for, uh, it actually prevents neuropathy yeah. in chemo. It's good for preventing chemo wow. neuropathy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's we very protective. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, well, Joan, best of luck. Joan is also being treated for Lyme and mycotoxins, and maybe... This so she's one of these complex something. patients. Yeah. 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 So, okay. you know, she's like... Best of luck to you, Joan. Sort of chronic fatigue-ish mm-hmm. kind of patient. Okay. All right. We've got a question from Robin. Can nocturia be associated with dehydration? What is nocturia, Dr. Hoffman? For it's our a fancy listeners. word like getting up to pee all the time at night. Yep. Okay. <laughs> and that's why I went to Could medical it be school. Associated with because dehydration? we don't say, you know, get enough to pee at night. We say nocturia. <laughs> and we actually write it in the in the uh, chart. Sure. Nocturia with an X apostrophe S, which means nocturia times five. Yes. You know, like you get up time. So that's an abbreviation for you get up to pee five times a night. Yeah. Nocturia times five. Yeah. So uh, is it associated with dehydration? Well, it can be. Sure. It can also be associated with something called SIADH, syndrome of inappropriate... Uh, aldosterone. Aldosterone. Um, H-D-A-D... Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> at, which right. is uh-huh. which is actually um, treated with a, a nasal uh, treatment, uh, which works on the pituitary. Mm-hmm. So... Um, and aldosterone is associated and, with... I think it's angiotensin. Or sodium. It's angiotensin. No, I, I don't think it's... A, it's aldosterone. Okay. Yeah. I'll look it up. Go mm-hmm. ahead. Keep talking. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's that inappropriate sim- uh, syndrome of an aldosterone having to do with the amount, I believe, of sodium and fluids in the body. And that's what's being reflected in that nocturia, which is what's happening. And certainly, you can pee a whole lot and dehydrate. Think about how much coffee or tea or caffeinated beverage you may be having on a daily basis. This this is a, a diuretic which can dehydrate us as well. So yes, if you're losing fluid oh, via... It, it's your, actually neither of us were right. It's this oh. inappropriate secretion of anti-diuretic hormone. Anti-diuretic oh. hormone. Anti-diuretic? Okay, so that's where the D comes in. It's Okay. okay. So I, anyway, so the treatment for it mm-hmm. is... Um, has to do with which is it fluid restriction or fluid increase fluid increase no de- restriction restriction okay you got to restrict it because you're you know it so your body stops yeah getting rid of okay all right and, so does it have to do with all and then and what you get is you get you get a treatment in the nasal uh, nasal spray because it's called arginine vasopressin through the nasal thing and oh, it works on the wow. posterior pituitary so anyway why are we talking about that? Because this person is asking... Uh, can nocturia be associated with dehydration? Uh, That's y- the question. Yeah, yeah. Can be. Yeah. Robin, thank you for that. But mm-hmm. more often, nocturia is not this rare condition. Nocturia is related to smaller bladder capacity, uh, maybe a chronic uh, mild urinary tract infection that's not been diagnosed. 
Drinking uh, a lot of caffeinated beverages after 2 p.m. or right. 6 p.m. Too much fluid consumption at sure. night. But, you know, people's bladder capacity increases with age, and men have prostates, which sometimes causes them to wake up at night because their bladder capacity is reduced. Yeah. And also, I think uh, the depth of sleep decreases as you age. So you become, you know, uh, there's, there's so, I mean, there, I mean, I don't want to get, you know, TMI, too much information, mm-hmm. but there's some nights where if I really sleep deeply, I'll wake up in the morning, I'll go, gee, I didn't have to get up to pee at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's kind it's of nice. Like, that was like, yeah, like in my yeah. 20s, you know. Yeah. But uh, other nights it'll be, you know, I don't sleep as deep. And, you know. By the way, I need to correct what I said earlier about the B6 that I took for labyrinthitis. The labyrinthitis was causing motion sickness. Oh. I wanted to be able to stop taking meclizine. Right. I found a very astute allergist here in New York whom you all, yeah. all already know, Dr. Morton, teach that. Let's put you on B6 for for a little while. I was able to stop the meclizine, okay. stop the motion sickness, everything went away. Right. It's almost like the meclizine was becoming part of the problem. Huh. Yeah. That B6 is also a treatment for morning sickness in mm-hmm. uh, women. In yes, women. yes. Yep. Besides ginger, uh, right. right. Yep. Okay. B6 is also good for um, yeah. uh, kidney stones. Okay, so uh, good point which to pause because we want to offer our sponsors an opportunity to share an important message with you. So here goes. Listen up. You know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. That's why I partnered with Fullscript, an online dispensing platform that only offers curated professional-grade brands that I know and trust. The very same supplements that I prescribe to my patients and take myself. Never counterfeit or expired, always stored and shipped correctly. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to start your free Fullscript account. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA-compliant and offers world-class support. Fullscript also gives you access to my custom targeted supplement protocols that combine the products that I recommend to address specific needs, heart health, immune support, and much more. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll get access to the supplements and features you need to help you achieve your wellness goals. That's DearHoffmanStore.com. DearHoffmanStore.com. Thanks for listening, and thanks for supporting our sponsors. They're what make Intelligent Medicine a continuing free resource to you. And now back to our questions. We've got a great question from Mark. Dear Dr. Hoffman and Layla, please weigh in on allulose. If you haven't heard of allulose, it's all the rage lately. It seems that, and there are claims... It's an ose, which means it's a sugar. It's a sugar. It's a sugar. It seems to be all the rage currently with claims that it is a healthier alternative to other sweeteners and that it has many other health advantages. Seems too good to be true. What say you? Okay. Well, I'm, i got to admit, I am, um, I'm familiar with allulose, but yeah. I'm, I've not done a deep dive on that subject. Perhaps yeah. you know a little more about it. Yeah. It's here in the United States, it's generally regarded as safe. Not grass. necessarily grass. Not necessarily yet in Canada, although that is going to change shortly but not it's it's not been approved yet in europe ba- based on not enough information okay not enough scientific research right. allulose is found in small amounts in food mm-hmm. like fruits also in wheat oh things like that mm-hmm. it is shown not to be recognized as a carbohydrate in the body again we thought all but of it this tastes about sweet it does taste sweet right. it's about 70 percent the sweetness of sugar it compares to monk fruit this way Monk fruit, which is also low glycemic, 
has more of a fruity flavor, whereas allulose is more of a table sugar flavor, which would be more desirable okay. when you're putting it into your tea or right. coffee or any other right. use for that matter. But, you know, I, I, I'm afraid for everybody to get too fanatical about it because same as what we found out with sucralose, a.k.a. Splenda, back in the 90s or, <clears throat> pardon me, early 2000s, it does have an impact on blood sugar. We thought in the beginning it didn't, but there was not enough research. Mm -hmm. And right now with allulose, there is not enough research. Mm -hmm. So I want to say the jury's still out. Yeah. You could use it for a period of time right. if you wish, but... Does it come as a liquid or a powder or what? Not sure. Okay. I believe it's a powder okay. as well as a like liquid. granulated, like sugar. Right. 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 Can it be used in baking? Can you heat it? Is it? Uh, I'm not sure about yeah. that. Yeah. Either. Okay. Whereas I know certain things you can't bake with at all. Okay. Like. Uh, um, and yeah. then will it? I mean, for example, sugar alcohols like xylitol mm -hmm. and erythritol, <clears throat> too much can have, can have an osmotic effect, effect a laxative effect. Allulose can have that effect as well. Mm -hmm. You would have to have a little more of it than right. the sugar alcohols. But, you know, just like eating too much salt, that'll have the same osmotic effect, Yeah. for example. And, you know, too much mm -hmm. of anything. Too much of... So yeah. uh, the other concern might be is that it does perpetuate a craving for sweets. Yes. And many uh, artificial sweeteners that don't deliver calories uh, stoke one's desire for sweets, yes. which then you subsequently gravitate towards caloric sweets Absolutely. to make up for it. Absolutely. Right? That's why when you drink something sweet, even though it has calories, mm -hmm. for example, fruit juice, right. you know, you're not full, right. you're not satiated. If anything, and if you've got a hyperinsulinism problem, you're going to be more hungry. Mm -hmm. That will actually stoke your hunger. Right. So the analogy I sometimes use is, you know, it's really not a good idea uh, if you're a convicted sex offender to, uh, you know, stock up on kitty porn. Right. Because... Don't do that. It, because it, even though it is not directly harming, well, kitty porn, of course, through the filming sure. of kitty porn oh is harming, goodness. is indirectly yeah. harming. But what I'm saying is it, it stokes one's desire and then one might. Stop tempting yourself. Yeah. Right. One might. You know, don't have chocolate in the house if you're a chocoholic. Right. And and by the way, I'm, I'm not trying to <clears throat> equate uh, sugar craving with pedophilia. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you see that uh, movie about the child trafficking? No, not yet. Okay, but it's on my list. Because I don't, I don't go to movies anymore. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, if it were online, I would have seen it in a heartbeat. But mm -hmm. uh, I will get around to seeing that. I will too. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we have time for another question. Okay. This comes from Denise. Dr. Hoffman, I'm looking for your thoughts on recent hemoglobin results that my husband received. He's 64. He's grateful for good health. Uh, he sees a complimentary uh, physician. He doesn't take any meds. He takes a lot of vitamins. His last visit, his labs came back all great. Doctor is happy. Although his hemoglobin was 13.1, but the one a year and a half ago was 14.7. And the doctor recommends a visit to a gastroenterologist right. to check for possible ulcers, colons, polyps. What do you think? Well, Or should he have the hemoglobin checked again? Yeah, I mean, I think before that... Um, I need some more information because that is a slight drop in blood counts, yeah. which, you know, is really most women have a blood count of 39. So he's not that critically reduced, but there is a change. This is hemoglobin, and not hematocrit. 
Yeah, well, yeah, was generally 13? the ratio yeah. of hemoglobin to hematocrit is about 3 to 1. So if okay. he has a 13, he's about a 39. Okay. So a lot of women are 39, and they're fine. Uh-huh. But men mostly are in the 40s. Mm-hmm. So he is dropping. And, you know, before running... Look, if he's had recent colonoscopies, then I don't recommend that he immediately have a colonoscopy. I would do a little investigation. What are his iron levels? Because there are multiple reasons for low... Uh, blood counts, mm-hmm. which are include low B12, low folate, uh, other things. Now, are these abnormally low or low in the normal no, range? Lower than normal range. Okay. Yeah, I would say lower than normal range. How much does hydration status have to do? It does. Is I mean, there a dilution factor to this? There, there could be, but, but not, not, not you, know, much. Um, you know, what you might do is to look, at, look at a trend because it's a cheap test. The CBC is like, you know, like do it over. 20 bucks. Do it again. Do it again See, before you go get a colonoscopy. Yeah, I mean, Look, it's never a bad idea to get colonoscopies. Sure. Uh, but, you know, before you go running off to get a colonoscopy, you just had one the year before, uh, just find out if the iron or ferritin is low. Yeah. I mean, we just did this with a... I mean, I just talked to a patient earlier today. His doctor's a little concerned that his iron is low, and I am yeah. a little concerned that his iron is low. But yeah. uh, he his blood counts are a little low. Uh, and so the, he's had an upper GI because mm-hmm. he's had GERD, so there could be some bleeding there. He stopped aspirin. This is important. Because oh, this is important because that could cause an ulcer. Other question to ask is, like, do you have hemorrhoids? When you, mm-hmm. when you wipe yourself, yes. do you have like blood on the toilet paper? Do you have painful hemorrhoids? Hemorrhoids can cause an enormous amount of blood loss, but yeah. it's slow and gradual. Yeah. Uh, do you have um, perhaps his testosterone is lower? When men... Mm-hmm. Uh, get past a certain age, their testosterone goes down. They become more like women in terms of the influence of hormones on their blood count. Women don't have testosterone, and that's the main reason their blood counts are lower. Yeah. With testosterone, blood counts go up. So maybe his uh, testosterone is low. Maybe uh, that's the reason. Okay. But, you know, I wouldn't go, you know, this is just a slight aberration. I don't think I would go yeah. hog wild over it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, sometimes a hematologist can. Uh, be called in to figure out what's going on, but it's not time to get a hematological workup yet. Right. You know, then you also look at other things like, well, what's happening to white cells? What's happening to platelets? What's happening to, you know, there are other tests that can be done mm-hmm. to see if uh, red blood cells are being made appropriately. There's, uh, yes. you know, the, um, you know, certain tests to determine if mm-hmm. you're manufacturing red right. blood cells right. correctly. Mm-hmm. And there's so many causes of anemia besides just bleeding. True. But bleeding is, is one of the more alarming ones. Right. So, yeah, you want to rule out. I think there's a lot of defensive medicine that comes into play with this. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, your blood count's a little low. Let's go for a colonoscopy, which is an expensive, invasive test. Mm-hmm. Right away, you're going to do that? Well, And get an endoscopy while you're at it so you don't have to go under anesthesia twice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, look from above, look from below. And yes. now... Because they can't find it, they're going to have uh, my patient swallow a pill, which is a camera yes. that will look at the part of the intestine that the scopes can't reach. Because uh-huh. you can go down a certain right. amount look from above, and you can go up a certain amount from below, but where the twain shall meet, yeah. there's a gap, and that's what the endoscopy capsule is for. Yes. Uh, which is actually... And this the, is burgeoning, right? Or yeah. is this already Well, it's been around for a while. Yeah. It's, uh, mm. it's actually an Israeli uh, invention. It's a capsule wow. with a camera that shows you... you know, it's pretty amazing. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, anyway. So, uh, that's the story on 
you know, mm-hmm. what the workup is for that. And, you know, this is a little dilemma that doctors face all the time. And um, unfortunately, I think defensive medicine comes into play here because uh, there's so many what ifs. Like, what if yeah. we're missing something? The tendency is to skew towards the more dire possibilities and perform expensive invasive tests. Yeah. Which is an unfortunate trend in medicine. Yeah. Okay. A reminder to everyone to send your questions to questions at drhoffman.net. We greatly appreciate them. And if you're looking for supplements, uh, you can find hundreds of curated vetted supplements in my full script dispensary. That's at drhoffmanstore.com. Uh, we stock only the highest quality products, uh, quad- products that uh, are sometimes very hard to find. And uh, you can rely on fast uh, service and uh, easy deliveries with Fullscript. So, drhoffmanstore.com. Thanks very much for joining us. Once again, questions at drhoffman.net is the destination for questions. And we welcome questions. Thanks, everybody. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Thanks, Layla. And this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212 212- Seven seven nine one seven four four. That's two one two seven seven nine one seven four four. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.